0: Hi, welcome to the Carp Church podcast. We're very glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of God. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Oh, come on, Zion. Good evening, everyone. Oh, it's, it's wonderful to see all of you here as always. Um, our, our regulars, God bless you, bless you. Those visitors and guests, God bless you, bless you as well. Prince, it's lovely to see you on the side. I love that young man, so committed. Uh, you always represent his family. God bless you, Prince. Amen. Um, t- today, I've I've I've, uh, I've I've something that I know the Lord has put upon my heart for us. It's something that's been with me for almost three weeks now, and it's just been it's just been at me and at me and at me and at me and challenging me and and, and quickening me all the time. Um, Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, even as it comes forth, let it come forth with clarity. I pray, Lord, will you speak to, to, your, to every heart here? Lord, through what I say, through what I don't say, O oh God, I pray, Holy Ghost, will you come and do only what you can do in Jesus' wonderful name? Amen and amen and amen and amen. So the, the, the human brain is a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic device. It's a fantastic thing because it takes in all of this various information uh, that, that, that comes to it. It filters through what it deems to be important and the stuff that is unimportant, it just filters it into the background. So, so, so maybe I might look at you, and the red chairs are just filtered into the background, and there's only faces that are seen. Um, so, so, just as a, just, just as a simple test, without even looking, what color is the wallpaper? You see. You see, only Pastor Steve knows because he's because he's one who's extremely observant. But 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 you see, it, 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 it's all around us. Yet, yet yet our brain is such that the wallpaper to us is unimportant. Uh, and, and I was I was so challenged by this. And I'm thinking, Lord, if this happens in the natural, do things like this happen to us in the spiritual? Are there things that we see? Are there people that we see? Are there needs that we see that to us are unimportant and just filter into the background? Our neighbors quarreling. Does that just filter into the background? Those children that we think are naughty, those children we see standing on the side of the road, the ones who are fighting, and this and that. Is that just background for us? And I was, I was, I was so challenged by this. Uh, the, the title is Keeping Our Eyes on Jesus and at the same time hearing the cry. Now, I have to explain what the cry is in, in, in the context of, of, of what we're talking. The cry is the sound that a human being makes when they're reaching out unto God. The cry usually comes from a place of hopelessness. It comes, it comes from people who know that they have no one else that they can turn to. So they are crying out and reaching out and crying for somebody. Is there anyone out there who will help me? Is there anyone who will deliver me? Is there, is, is there anyone who can help? It, it, it's a person trying their best to convince God that they need his help. But sometimes, sometimes they don't know it. Um, it, it, it. It's a cry that comes from the heart. It, it sometimes sounds different to what we expect that it would sound like. Sometimes the cry of the heart is, I don't believe in God. Meantime, deep down inside, they sing, please, help me, Lord. Please, someone come and deliver me. Someone tell me that there's hope. Someone tell me that it's true. They, they, they might come to you as, oh, oh you are you a born again Christian. Do you believe that Bible? They're crying in their hearts and saying, please tell me that you do. Please tell me that it's true because if, 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 if the word of God is not true, they know that there's no hope anywhere else. Uh, I I, I have down here, I say, funeral day anecdote, and sometimes the cry is like this. On the day that my mother was being buried, this was the morning, it was about eight o'clock, and I was under severe pressure at the time because everything sort of fell upon me, Um, and I remember I was so worried, so fearful, uh, so panicked, that I remember I pulled the car, I was supposed to meet Fletcher and the rest of the family at half past eight in in, in, in the church, the guys from the funeral directors were coming. And I remember I pulled, I pulled the car to the side and I said, Lord, listen. <laughs> and this, this, this is how I said it. And I'm almost embarrassed at the way I said it, but I know that he had the cry. I said, Lord, listen. I've played and I've sung at many people's funerals. So, Lord, you owe me. Today you have to come and help me. And the moment that came out of my, out of my mouth, I could almost hear God laughing because I knew he heard the desperation of my cry. I tried everything I could to convince him to come and help, and he heard it. And sometimes this is what the cry sounds like in the human, uh, in, in, in the human heart. Sometimes they might be lashing out at you. Oh, where's your God now? Meantime, on the inside, it's a cry that comes. In Matthew chapter 20, if you, if, if you could turn with me, uh, it says, it says that as Jesus and his disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind them. Now, Jesus at this stage had been on a tour of the areas. Jesus was going from, from city to city, healing, uh, touching, delivering, saving, feeding the 5,000, uh, uh, turning water into wine, doing all, these, all, all of these fantastic things. And the word of this had come around that Jesus was doing this and that Jesus was coming, was, was coming to their neck of the woods. So, obviously, the people realizing that Jesus was there um, they brought all of their sick, they brought all their demon-possessed, they brought all of their concerns, they brought all their worries, some even, their, some even brought their disputes, saying, Jesus, can you tell this guy to give me my inheritance? But, but Jesus was always surrounded by people. Wherever he went, he was followed by a crowd. So I'm going to ask us for a few seconds if we can just pull ourselves back, and now let's observe and see who's in that crowd. In the crowd you find people who wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. There were, those, there were those who really were enamored by the way he spoke. In the crowd, there were the Pharisees who were trying to see how, how they could condemn Jesus. They're trying to see, is everything that this man is saying lining up with the scriptures? Is this man blaspheming? They're trying to see if they can test him, if, if, if they can catch him out. Uh, there, are people, there are people there who brought the sick and the demon-possessed and their friends to him. This is in the crowd. Just as an aside, the scripture always talks about they brought their sick. They brought the demon possessed. They brought their ill to him. And he healed them because of their faith. And I I just want to encourage us. Many of us are like that day who are bringing our sick to Jesus. Who who are saying, Lord, I'm praying on behalf of someone else. I want you to know the faith that you are depositing in Jesus, the Lord is seeing that. The sick never came on their own. They were brought by someone else. And, And I want to encourage you, keep praying. Keep trusting God. God is seeing your faith, and because of your faith, he will heal the sick, and they will be delivered as a consequence of it. Many of us here are recipients of phenomenal grace, of phenomenal breakthroughs, which were wrought by someone else who was praying, someone else on their knees, and most importantly, the Great I am, the King of kings, Jesus, who paid that price. So so back to the crowd. There were those those in the crowd who, who, like the woman who had the issue of blood, just wanted to touch him. Those who wanted to see what he looked like. There must have been some groupies who thought, man, Jesus is handsome. Maybe I can marry him. There, 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 there might have been those who wanted to be in his crew. You know, this, this is, these are the normal people who were in the crowd. There were those who were hoping to see a miracle, hoping to see him maybe turn water into wine, maybe hoping to see him heal someone. There were those in the crowd who wanted to be fed. Uh, like, like, like the 5,000 were fed before. They say, man, I'd, I'd love to taste the supernatural fish that the moment you eat it, it multiplies. I'd love to taste the supernatural bread that the moment you eat of it it, it, it increases again. So, so these are some of those who were in the crowd. There were those who were serving him and who were looking after Jesus. So Jesus obviously would have had those who came and, and looked after him. He, there were those in the crowd as well. And then there were those who loved him and wanted to hear everything about him. So the crowd all had their eyes on Jesus. They're all looking at him to see what he was gonna do. They're all looking at him with expectant faith, hoping to see some wonderful thing. Now the crowd, the crowd wanted to experience his power, his love. They had eyes only for him. The crowd represents all of us. All of us who were born again. We all have our eyes on Jesus for one reason or the other, looking for something. Some of us are coming with the purest of motives. Lord, I want to develop a relationship with you. That's fantastic. Lord, 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 my husband is ill. Look, that's fantastic. Lord, I'm coming to you. You are the author of life. That's fantastic. Lord, you are the hope giver. That's fantastic. And all of it is justifiable because he is all of these things. He's the giver of life. He's, 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 he's the life changer. He's the healer. He's the perfecter. He's our all in all. He's our future. He's our past. He's our hope. He's our everything. And all of these things are correct. But let's look further on in Matthew 20, verses 30. It says, two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming, that way they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 31 for me is where the Holy Spirit really challenged me. It says, be quiet. The crowd yelled at them. Now, take note, in the crowd, these are all people with wonderful motives. These are all people who who have a heart after Jesus, who want to see him do great and mighty things. These are people who, who want to be close, who want to have a relationship with Jesus. But it's the same people who told the two beggars to keep quiet, the two blind men to keep quiet. Silence. We want to hear what Jesus is saying. These two blind guys are saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Deliver me from this blindness. I don't want this life. I need you. I need you now. The Christians, as it were, silence. I want to hear what he's saying. Now, I, this for me was a great challenge. And I'm saying, Lord, am I like these? Am I like these in the crowd? Where, yes, my eyes have to be focused on you. I know that. But, Lord, please, can you open my ears so that I hear the cries of the blind? so that they hear the cries of the beggars. You see, the cry that these guys cried out, Lord, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. It could have been that they heard that Bartimaeus cried those exact same words and he was healed. The cry, the cry that they cried out was in response to their need, in response to their terrible situation, in, in response to their experience in life. They cried out instinctively because now the same way that the righteous were following Jesus, they knew that this was their chance. I'm sure they must have said, if this man ever comes past, if I ever see Jesus, he's going to hear from me. There's no way I'm going to let him go past. But yet, the challenging thing, I think, for us, is the ones who silenced him were the very ones who had their eyes on Jesus. And I'm challenging us by the Holy Spirit, please, let us not allow the cry of the lost to become a noise in our ears. You see, sometimes when God puts something upon our heart, it always starts as an irritation. It starts like a stone in your shoe, and you can't get rid of it. Maybe it's the neighbors who are fighting all the time at all hours of the night, and we say, man, why can't these people stop fighting? And we we are so annoyed with them. Meantime, that's the cry. Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, bring peace into my home. Son of David, come and rescue us. I spoke, about, I spoke about those children we see hanging, uh, hang, hanging a lo- standing in their groups, doing their own things, smoking, drinking. That's a cry. Of course, of course, sometimes we walk by and say, where are their parents? Where's this? Where's that? Where's the other? Whereas God is saying, listen to the cry. Listen to the cry of those kids. Those kids need someone who will deliver them. They need someone who will stand in the gap and who will pray for them. They have no man. God has placed you and me in our communities as his man, as his woman, who would stand in the gap who would pray, who who would seek his heart. So I I love this. I love this. Be quiet, they said, but they shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The amazing thing about the cry, uh, and especially when the Holy Spirit is beginning to work in our direction, no matter how much we want that thing silenced, it gets louder and louder until we take it to Jesus. We have some neighbors, uh, a young boy, and and they'd be fighting at all hours. I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, banging, and... At first, it was an annoyance, and afterwards, as they started doing it, we began to pray, Lord, undertake for this woman. Undertake for a son. Do something. The peace of God is coming into their home. All of a sudden, all of that is beginning to subside. In response to the cry, when we pray, Jesus will heal. Jesus will deliver. Jesus will set the captives free. Those friends of yours who might be bound up in drugs or bound up in, in whatever it is, they, they, they might be exhibiting... Uh, They might be exhibiting characteristics which are annoyance to you. You say to yourself, I think I'm going to have to cut them off. Don't cut them off. That's the cry. Present them to Jesus. And Jesus will deliver. And Jesus will heal. And Jesus will set them free. And uh, uh, Verse 32 says, when Jesus heard them, he stopped. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them touched their eyes, and instantly they could see, and they followed him. The crowd's response I have here. The crowd never saw the need. They were so focused on their own agenda. And again, I said, all of their agendas were righteous. All of their agendas were correct. If my child is sick, I must take him to Jesus and concentrate on him first. If I'm building a relationship with Jesus, I must concentrate on that relationship first. And yes, the crowd were 100% correct in their agenda for Christ. But we have to make room for the cry of, of those who are dying, for the cry of those who are on the wayside. The crowd only heard the sound and never heard the people's need. Silence, they said, I'm listening to what Jesus is saying. The crowd's opinion changed when Jesus intervenes. And I'm praying that by his Holy Spirit today, even in your life, in my life, that Jesus will stop and say, what do you want? And immediately, in in, in one of the other versions, the Bible says, immediately, the crowd said to them, be of good cheer, the master wants you. Now, once we begin to understand that Jesus is not irritated by the noise, he's not irritated by the cry of the lost, he's not irritated by their despair, even those who raise their fists to Jesus and say, I don't believe in you, he's not irritated by that. He stops and he says, what do you want me to do? And the moment that happens, the moment, the moment God by his Holy Spirit comes and begins to open our ears, then suddenly we no longer just become those who, who are just uh, mindlessly following him. We become those who become his conduits. We then begin to usher them into Jesus. And, and, and as we begin to usher them into Jesus, change comes immediately. And that ushering sometimes for us is simply praying. Maybe we've got that family member who no one likes, who's been causing problems all this time. That's a cry. Present them to the Father. Bring them to Jesus. Jesus will heal and they'll be saved. So what is the Lord saying to us tonight? One, he's delighted with us in the crowd. He's delighted with the fact that we are looking to him. He's delighted with the fact that we are trusting him. He's happy with us. This is, this, this is what the Lord's saying. This is not a message of condemnation. This is not saying, no, don't take your eyes. No, your eyes have to stay on Jesus. But now we're going to ask him to open our ears as well and make us sensitive so he's adding to us so we'll still be able to keep 100% focused on him and also 100% focused on the cry. This, I believe, is the heart of the Father. He's looking to expand every one of us. This this is not a message of condemnation. No, it's not. It's a message of, yes, continue, continue seeking him. Continue standing in the gap for the sick. Continue praying for your families. Continue loving him. Continue building this relationship with him. But just ask him to open your ears. To make you aware. Uh, verse 2. Do we still notice the beggars on the side of the road? This is what he's asking. Um, he's saying, what does their sound sound like? Verse 4, I love this. this is the Lord is saying that things will change. He wants to change these people in their situations. Uh, We are are families in which there's domestic violence. We are in families, kids who are being brought up in terrible situations and circumstances. God wants to change that. God wants to change their future. God wants to change the way they live, the way they act, the way they will then interact with their children. But he wants us to stand in the gap. Pray for someone. Maybe you've heard news. Maybe you've heard a disturbing story. You've heard of someone who, who, who tried to commit suicide or someone who did this. Don't just, oh, woe is me, woe is me. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take that thing personally. Say, Lord, I'm responding to this call that you've laid here before me. Such and such as marriage is on the rocks. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we present this family to you. This news has come to me as a cry. I'm not just going I'm, I'm to uh, uh, push it to the side or maybe uh, gossip about it to someone else. I'm going to gossip to the king of kings about it. This is how we respond to the cry. Take it back to the Lord. Take it to Jesus. Because Jesus has stopped and He's saying, What do you want me to do? Sometimes the people are so caught up. They're so caught up in their rhetoric. They're so caught up in their arguments that they won't hear. But it's us who are clear headed. It's us who know the heart of the Father. Even as we begin to pray and bring them to the Lord, in the name of Jesus, change comes. Hope comes. You see, we won't be able to convince them with our arguments. But as we begin to pray, God will move. And God by his Holy Spirit will begin to will begin to reach into them in their recesses. And he will begin to, he'll begin to get to the root of the problem. Number five, ignore the noise, the words, and hear the cry from their hearts. Uh, I, I used I use the example the other evening. There used to be, there used to be a, a, a boy who would just come into our, he'd just walk into our yard and he'd just do his own thing, get the ball. Sometimes he was even sitting in the car. And uh, man, it, it was such an annoyance. You know, I was saying, gee, but these, 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 these people, these kids' parents don't teach them any manners. And uh, of course, it got up on our high horse. Well, you know, us Africans, we have discipline and blah, 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 blah. Until I realized that's a cry. This got nothing to do with me, it's got nothing to do with discipline. We begin to pray, Lord, we pray for that young man. We pray for his family. Lord, will you do something? Because he has no hope, he has no foundation. We are the ones who have Christ, and we have to present him, and we have to include those around us. My eyes are still on you, Jesus, but I hear what's happening. I'm ignoring uh, the, 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 the symptoms I'm seeing, and I'm hearing the cry. And, and I'm, I'm challenging every single one of us. God has placed us all in positions. I look around, I see we've got teachers, we've got, we, we've got owners, we've got young people, we've got, uh, uh, we, we've got uh, people in the hospitals, We've got farmers. God is placing us in positions where people are coming to us and they are telling us their story. The story is not just, it's not just for our edification. The story is their cry. They're saying, son of David, have mercy on me. They might be saying, they might be saying, oh, my wife has left me. But what they're saying, son of David, have mercy on me. I hope we're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. I hope we're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. I know this, this word has really challenged me. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's only for me, uh, but, but, but I believe God has placed me here to, to speak it to you as well. Again, this is, this is not a chastisement from the Lord. It is not. This is just the Lord saying, now I want to do something else with you. I want you to keep your eyes on me and don't take your eyes off me. That's what he's saying. But now I want to open your ears as well. He wants to add to us I know know the first argument that the flesh will come up with and say, oh, if I start doing that, then then next thing I'm going to be drawing people onto yourself. No, you won't. And most importantly, God is faithful and true. He will give you the strength and the power to endure. He'll give you the wisdom. And please remember this. We are not the answer to the world. Jesus is the answer. When they come to it, their problems, when they finish saying what they're saying, don't give them human wisdom, pray right there. And as you begin to pray in the name of Jesus, you are translating this problem onto his table. We are not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Amen? Otherwise, every time they have a small little problem, they're going to come running to you. And before long, you bog bogged down under the weight of it. If all the time you're giving them human wisdom, take it to the Lord in prayer. So they know that your source and my source is Christ. The, the one who will give me the answer is Jesus and now we're going to take it to him in prayer oh but but, 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 but Andy they're not Christians what are they going to say man the only answer we have is Christ Christian or not they've come to you with the cry and the answer is Jesus does that make sense brethren the next thing number six I love this bring them to Jesus and Jesus will do what he will do with them all we can do is present them Sometimes, sometimes, before I used to feel bad, people come and tell me their story and the only answer I had was, we'll pray. But now I begin to realize that there's nothing to feel bad. That's the greatest answer there is. The greatest solution is take it to the Lord. That is the greatest solution because it's there that he will perform miracles. It's there that he will perform wonders. Just, 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 just to give a praise report. And again, just to encourage you folks, sometimes, sometimes even as you begin to pray for them, the Holy Spirit will cause you to say things that you, that you don't understand and that you don't even trust. But don't worry, he's faithful. I'll give you an example. Uh, two weeks back on Thursday, there was a gentleman who came uh, to the Portuguese service. So we went and we were speaking with him. And he said, you know, I've had a couple, I've, I've had a couple uh, job interviews and everyone says, we love your CV, but your English is so poor, so we can't give you a job. And I remember, I said, let's pray. Just like that. And so we prayed, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray. Uh, I pray, Lord, that there's going to be a message that will come back saying, if you're still interested in the job, it's available for you. So we pray that on Thursday night. I remember walking out, uh, going home, and as I'm going home, the enemy's saying, uh, Andy, you think that was from God? Or was that, was that just your flesh? Was that just your, your your human ambition? And I remember he came back on Sunday morning, and he didn't know... <laughs> He showed me the text. He said, look at the text I got. And there's a text message. If you are still available, the job is yours. I was supposed to meet him last week, Wednesday. He comes Thursday, he says, sorry, uh, sorry, I wasn't here. I got the job. Again, the faithfulness of God. Why am I saying this? To encourage you, that there's power in prayer. And as we take it to the Lord, God will begin to manifest himself in power in and through you. Even if you walk away not believing it, Because you've signed his name at the bottom, it's him who will deliver on it. I'm challenging you. I'm looking. I'm I'm seeing beautiful faces. I'm seeing uh, eyes looking at me quite intent. I I, I know that this is something that the Holy Spirit is coming straight into the heart with. At at, at this stage, the enemy will tell you, oh, it's not for you. It's only for him. No, no, no. uh, There's there's no great people. There's no small people in the kingdom of God. There's only a great Christ. Oh, but but you've got more faith. No, I do not. I just have a great Christ. Whether we believe or don't believe, because he, because he signs His name, He will do it. And I want to challenge you in the name of Jesus, bring them to Jesus and let Jesus do what Jesus will do. I was also on, on Monday night, we had we an had we, we evening of Thanksgiving, and there were many reports of things like this happening small things, Sister Ann going to a neighbor. Uh, in, in response to, to to what the Holy Spirit tells it to do, uh, we got various other we got various other uh, praise reports as well. Simply, people hearing the cry and responding. You might be fi- you you might find yourself walking towards the cry, not even knowing what you're going to do. But the great thing is that God will put the words in your mouth. So, in conclusion, <laughs> it's great that we are following Jesus. It's great that we're looking unto Him. However, he doesn't want us to be blinded or deaf to the beggar's needs. He wants us to see with his eyes. He wants us to hear with his ears. As he touches us, we will see them as he sees them. The noises that they make when they're shouting, roaring, or cursing are all just a cry for help. And the great news is that God wants to deliver them. And He wants to use you, He wants to use me in this deliverance. Even from their, even from their situation, God wants to deliver him. I believe God wants to open the eyes of many of us who have overlooked so many. I remember hearing the story of, of um, people who were living in a particularly hot area, and the shepherd would come along, and the shepherd would be uh, lathering oil over the ears of the sheep lathering it all over the ears of the sheep and in the heat it became really irritating because, because the oil would get a bit warm and the oil would be all over and the sheep would be miserable. So the person asked the shepherd, why is he doing that? Doesn't it annoy the sheep? He says, yes, it annoys the sheep. However, that oil stops the flies from going into their ears and laying eggs and infecting their sheep. And even as we come to God now, And even as we begin to ask him to anoint our ears again, it's going to bring an annoyance to us. All of a sudden, we're walking down, and all of a sudden, there's compassion in our heart for the drunk man on the side who we walked past before. All of a sudden, we no longer say, look at them, and we're crying, and we say, Lord Jesus, please have mercy. There's more drunk people here. There's new ones. Lord, please, in the name of Jesus, do something. You'll begin to know them by name. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your heart will begin to expand. All of a sudden, the the neighbors become your concern. All of a sudden, these things are going to happen to us. But you see, after the irritation comes the true deliverance because now your ears are free. Now there will be nothing to come in your ear and tell you God is not able. There will be nothing. The enemy won't be able to whisper and say, Do you think God is for you? You see, because once your ears have been anointed, all of a sudden, you are now in tune with what God is doing now you begin to see the limitless power of God. The, 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 his, 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 his absolute, uh, total domination over all things, it's understood. And all of a sudden, faith begins to arise in your heart and the enemy has no room. So I believe, I, believe, I believe that I've said what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. And my final thing here says, a call to respond from us. Now, I always believe that we have to respond to what the spirit of God is saying now I know what my response is I'm not sure what your response is I believe, I believe that every single one of us has heard from the Holy Ghost I believe that every single one of us as much as our eyes are focused on Jesus this is wonderful I believe he wants to open our ears and if you, if, if you want to call on him to open your ears and say Lord touch my ears anoint my ears again I pray let me begin to hear let me begin to see let me begin to see them how you see them. Oh, God, please, I pray. Please, I pray, do something. Uh, I, I, I spoke the, the other day about, there was a, a couple Wednesdays back, there was a guy who was obviously high on drugs who came in. Uh, I was at the door at the time. And he came in and he wanted tea. And in between, there was just all this cursing. And, but somehow or the other, as we were making him the tea, I just, I don't know how, I don't know what God did. But I just looked at him. And all of a sudden, I could see why God loves him. I was really shaken by it. I said to him a good few times, I said, you know what, I can see why God, his name, I think his name was Dara. Dara, I can see why God loves you. I can see why God loves you. And we need God to touch us so that we can see why God loves people again. So that we can hear why God loves people again. This is a challenge to all of us. I'm going to ask us even as we bow our heads. Um, Lord God, I pray now, Lord, I've, uh, I know I've, 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 I've said what you said, what you've asked me to say. I pray, God, for our people who are here, for those online, those who will hear later. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, oh, God, for a quickening. Lord, I ask, Lord, even as, they, even as they keep their eyes on you steadfast, I pray, God, will you continue to nourish them, continue to direct them. Even as they seek you, oh, God, for what they are seeking you for, I pray, Lord, will you continue. But I ask you for an anointing, oh, God, upon our ears. I ask you for an unstopping, oh, God, I pray, Lord, will you anoint our, our, our ears, oh, God, and again, we become sensitive, oh, God, to the cries of the dying, we become sensitive, oh God, to the cries of the lost, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus for boldness and courage, oh God, an endeavor, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, Lord, even as they would go amongst their friends, Lord, even as they might go amongst their work colleagues. Oh God, even people they see in the street. Oh God, I ask in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for a spirit of obedience. I pray for courage even as we take the step of faith. Lord, many of us, oh God, are timid. Many of us, oh God, are shy. Many of us, oh God, are not uh, as boisterous or or, 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 or or strong or powerful or mighty. But Lord, I ask, will you equip us? Will you, rest- will you strengthen us? Will you, use- will you use us, Lord? Will you use me? Will you use my family? I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, will you continue to use Cork Church? I pray, Lord, we pray for us collectively as a body. But, Lord, I know, I know that this is something that individuals have to call on you for themselves. But, Lord, on behalf of Cork Church, I pray, will you continue to use us, O oh God? Continue, O oh God, I pray, Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you. Continue, O oh God, I pray, in the name of Jesus to open our ears. Continue, O oh God, Lord, to answer our prayers even as we bring them to you. Continue to heal. Continue to deliver. Continue to do what only you can do. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. Folks, God richly bless you. I pray that you've heard uh, what the Lord is saying. And again, please, this is not the chastening of the Lord. This is just the Lord saying that he wants to increase in every single one of us. God richly bless you, folks. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I hope you were blessed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thanks for tuning in. and See you next time. God bless.